Hey, beautiful friends, welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Welcome to another episode of the Saver Podcast. It's so good to be back and to be recording again. Suzanne, how are you? I'm good. Good. I'm Anything good. new going on in your life? I think you and I are in the oh. same season of a little bit of stress in our lives. I was getting ready to say nothing new, but actually that's a major lie because well, I think I just block it out. I just block it out. Um, yeah, so Drew and Joshua, actually, Drew is um, has gotten his license, and so we are in the very beginning of driving by yourself, and it's kind of stressful. And my kids are so far apart that, you know, it's been a while, and I forgot yes. how stressful it is. It is. Mine are only about four years apart, so I remember the stress of a few years ago, and I think we've walked each other through this, but it really is. If you have not ever put in your, put, put, in, put, you, you ain't never putting your kid. <laughs> yes. If you have never stood in your house and watched your teenager drive out of the driveway by themselves for the first time, let me just tell you, it will cause you to trust the Lord. I was praying the other morning and I was just feeling real anxious about it because it was his first morning. And it was like, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I actually wrote it down because it was such a firm impression in my mind. And I was like pretty much anxiously begging God to take care of Joshua. Have you ever done that where you're praying, but it's really just full of anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. And well, you're in good company. You've ever read Psalms? I mean, David. Yeah. True. We're, we're good. We're okay, good. 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 But the Lord just gave me such a strong impression. He said, you are not Joshua's protector. I am Joshua's protector. I will protect him. And I just wrote it down. And I, and every time I start getting anxious about him driving, but Having said that, the other night we had to pick him up from school because he can't drive home Mm -hmm. at dark yet. And so I said to Chris, you can ride with Joshua, I'll drive. And he's like, no, it's okay. I was like, no, no, really. Because y'all, there's nothing scarier than watching your kid drive away by themselves. Unless, of course, you're in the car with them when they're driving. And then that's super scary. Yes, it's very anxiety provoking. But, you know, I'm really trying to trust God in it. Yes. Not watch Life 360. Oh, I should stop doing that because I'm about to turn mine on because Joshua's actually driving home right now. No, you're going to not turn it on. I'm not going to let you turn it on. That is a good friend. Because what are you really going to do? I mean, if you see something going on, I mean, what can you really see? It does tell you how fast they're going. Yes, but that's it. But yeah, it's okay. You're right. And on the the flip side of that, so there is this heavy like, uh, they're growing up, they're on their own, they're driving. Um, On the flip side of that, I have been given like six free hours a week now that I am not dealing with carpool stuff or picking him up, that is incredibly liberating. And I am praying that I will use that time wisely and not waste it because really, seriously, it's a huge difference when they're driving on their own. I mean, that's what has enabled us to sit here today and record this podcast because we did not have to pick up our children. (gasps) 
I'm going to celebrate that, you guys. Yeah. I'm seriously going to celebrate that because I am not wasting my time right now because nope. I could have been wasting my time, yeah. but I'm not. So They are going to help us hit this goal of recording more. So it's a win-win, right? That's right. So when you guys see that these podcasts are coming out on a weekly basis, just know it's because our kids are finally driving on their own. <laughs> So there you go. Well, on this episode today, we are going to be talking about personal conviction versus kind of moral laws or commandments from the Lord and how that plays out in our personal lives. I wouldn't know anything about that. Um, (laughs) I think we all know a lot about that, a lot more than what we might want to admit that we know about that. Um. But yeah, I think it's a cool, it's, a, it's actually a cool topic because I think it is, it can be very enlightening. Like, oh, I might not even realize that that was just a personal conviction that I had and not necessarily a commandment from God. Um, so I think it, it's a good conversation. So what you're saying is there are some things that are commandments from God or laws from God or rules, regulations, precepts from God that are set out for all of his children regardless. Correct? That's that's what I believe. Yes. Yes. I mean, I mean, think about the, the Ten Commandments. Yes. Like in my house, we're like, oh, you just lied. Top ten. Top ten. You know what Top I mean? Top ten. Like, <laughs> um, but so yeah, so like thou shall not kill. That that's a commandment. Yes. From God. In no situation really I mean, okay, I'm getting us into some murky water, but for the most part, there's no situation where when your intent is to kill someone out of hate and anger, all that, right? Yeah. Like d- dateline stuff. Yeah. That's dateline stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we went right there. You know, dateline stuff. Oh that, yeah, I know dateline stuff. That's a commandment from God. Yeah. And it's interesting because this is a total side note, but there's a difference in my opinion between murdering and killing someone. So to me, murder is indicating from uh, an evil malice in my heart versus me shooting and killing someone who's breaking into my house trying to attack my child. I don't wouldn't say that's murder. I would say that's yeah. I mean, that's why I said, oh, as I'm saying it, I can start thinking of scenarios well, you're probably justified to kill someone, yeah. but that is not, that's not what we're talking about today. So hopefully all of you guys understand what we're saying. Yeah. Um, like not commit adultery. Gosh, yeah. we live in a really crazy world that we have to start and think, okay, do not commit adultery. That's pretty clear cut. Like I can't think of a good reason, but killing someone on the other hand, I can think of a few good reasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And adultery might have a influence on why I think killing someone might be okay. It's still not a good reason. I don't right. think. No. So okay. anyway, we're you, clearing this you up. You get the point. Um, those are really like moral commandments, moral law that we follow. And um, I actually love in Romans, which we'll go back to Romans in a little bit, but in Romans 13, um, in nine, they're, they're just talking about, um, the commandments such as do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandments that, that may be summed up in this one rule. And the one rule is to love your neighbor as yourself, because love means you do no harm to your neighbor. And so I just love that because when you think about what is the loving thing to do, chances are it's not, <laughs> you're not going to be violating the top 10. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so there is, you're saying there's a difference between that and then personal conviction that we may hold. Yes, definitely. And also just to say, like, when you're reading the Old Testament, there will seem like a lot, like if you think about Levitical law in Leviticus, all the laws that 
And some people still live by this today, right? Um, you know, typically, if you are an Orthodox Jew, you don't eat certain meats. You don't with split hooves and you don't do certain things. That means no pancetta? Yep, no pancetta. Which I know, you're like out because you put that like in everything. I mean, from breakfast, lunch to dinner, pancetta. I just bought like four things of pancetta at the grocery store today because I thought to myself, huh, I probably only have one thing of pancetta in the refrigerator. Yeah, I remember one day I opened up your door and you were like, get me a thing of pancetta. We were cooking something and there was like six in there and I was like... That is a lot of pancetta. Well, you need the tiny pancetta for some things and the thicker cut pancetta. That's for another day, though, you guys. But yes, well, you're not an Orthodox Jew, so you can eat all the pancetta that you would like. Amen. Um, but when you see those those kinds of laws, those kind of like, um, what would you call those, like ceremonial laws? I mean, there was a lot of ceremonial laws, too, and how you made sacrifices and all of these things, which Scripture tells us in the New Testament that Jesus came to fulfill the law. Um, so we don't really have to live by those kinds of laws anymore. But, so this idea of personal conviction is the best example that I can think of. Well, personal conviction, according to Webster, is a strong persuasion or belief. So mm. pretty simple. Like we, we get that. Um, but sometimes we take our personal convictions and we try to turn them into a biblical commandment that applies to everyone. Ooh. So the best example that I can think of growing up in the South, in, in, in the Bible Belt, um, there's been a common thought among some believers that you should not drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible actually does not say, thou shalt not drink alcohol. Right. Right? What was Jesus' first miracle? I mean, I'm just saying, in Cana, he turned water <laughs> into wine, and it wasn't just regular old bottom shelf $8 bottle of wine. Was that Camus? Oh, it was Camus. <laughs> it was the good stuff, you guys. I mean, it's what it talks about. It's the best wine. Yeah, and so, um, you know, it does talk about do not be a drunk, a drunkard, drunkenness, don't, you know, all of those, just don't be drunk, um, is basically what it does lend to when it comes to alcohol but maybe i have a personal conviction that i don't want to drink alcohol for whatever reason whether it be because i feel like god has asked me specifically not to do that or because someone in my family struggles with that then i've chosen not to do that um but that's a personal conviction um so again the bible doesn't say i can't drink it says don't be drunk but if I choose not to drink alcohol, I can't tell you, Stacy, you can't drink alcohol based on what God's word says. Now, the, the kicker is nine times out of ten, we don't say that, right? I mean, you might say it to your husband when you get home, like, oh, did you see how much Stacy drank? She's such a lush. She had a glass of wine at dinner, you know? No, because, um, but a lot of times we say those things to ourselves. That is so true. That's such a good point. That And that kind of goes to what I'm working on this year. I think I shared with you earlier what my objective is this year. And it goes in line with what you're talking about. Uh, because I hold some personal convictions that other people don't need to hold. and um, But I don't always recognize that. And so what I'm working on this year is receiving the unjudgmental love of God so I can give the unjudgmental love of God to others. Mm. And you're right. I might not say, I can't believe that they were drinking that alcohol at such and such function, but I would never say anything to them. But in my mind, I have judged them because maybe I have a personal conviction to not do that. 
Right, yeah. And so in 1 Corinthians, Paul is, um, he says that everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. And so that's 1 Corinthians 6, 12. And um, actually, I didn't, I say this a lot to myself and to other people just to remind me, but I didn't realize till I just went to look it up again that everything is permissible for me is in quotations. And then the response, but not everything is beneficial, is not in quotations. So when I was just trying to quickly look at why, um, so Paul, they say Paul here is quoting a popular saying that the Corinthian opponents may have used to defend their practices. And so they would commonly say, well, everything's permissible for me. And Paul's saying, Okay, but not everything is beneficial. Mm. And so something that you may deem as not beneficial for you may be fine for me. Yeah. And so that's the idea is we have to be really careful not to take our personal convictions and turn them into biblical commandments that apply to everyone. Oh, that's such a good point. Additionally, in John sixteen eight, it tells us that the spirit is the one who convicts us. So, you know, the Spirit may be convicting me for something in my life that has become a sin for me that may not be for you. Like, drinking is another example of that. I mean, that's just the... I think that's one that I've commonly encountered with Christians, like judging other Christians for having alcohol. So that's why that keeps coming to my mind. It's funny because I actually don't even drink that much. But (laughs) um, anyway, I don't know if you have any good examples of that. Yeah, it's interesting. Actually, I was thinking about this. The big place that I see in my life is what I watch on TV. Mm. So a few years ago, there was a show out, and it was called Stranger Things. And Chris and I loved the first season of Stranger Things. And about that time, my daughter was probably in middle school, and some of her friends were watching it. And she was asking us, hey, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. And I said to her, you can't watch this because that show for me was demonstrating like high school kids doing things that they shouldn't be doing, lying to their parents and all this stuff. And it wasn't behavior that I wanted my daughter to see and emulate. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, no. And she said, but you and dad are watching it. And I was like, right, dad and I can watch it. And then the Lord said to me, yeah, you know, you should probably lead by example in this. And for you, I'm going to tell you, stop watching it. So you guys, I have no idea what happened on Stranger Things. Like I would have loved to have finished watching it because it was so intriguing, but maybe it turned bad. I don't know. Cause I never finished watching it because it was a personal conviction for me. There, it wasn't necessarily that other people shouldn't be watching it. And I couldn't go around and say, Hey, you guys, you all have middle school kids. You shouldn't watch Stranger Things. And this is why you shouldn't watch Stranger Things. That isn't what that situation was for me. It was real clear that as a mom for Emma, I needed to show her I was willing to abstain from certain things that are permissible, but we're not going to bring profit into my parenting relationship with her. And so I had to model that for her. So that was a personal conviction that I couldn't, I did want to go tell all my friends, you better stop watching Stranger Things if you want your daughter to turn out all right. That is such a messed up wrong idea because whether or not you watch Stranger Things probably had no impact on whether or not your daughter turned out okay. But we do that. And I think as moms, now obviously that's my only point of reference because I'm not a dad. So you're uh, not. No, I know. Not today. (laughs) That's a whole nother podcast. Um, Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, we were just talking about that before we got started, so that's why my mind went there. But um, I think, like, just as moms, you just see so much judgment out there about, like, how you take care of your babies. Like, I feel so bad for moms now who choose to not breastfeed. Yes. Because, like... How much of a personal conviction are we taking that and making that like a mom mandate? Like, you're a bad mom if you choose not to breastfeed. That is complete horse crap. Like, I agree. And that's spoken is- from a nurse, you guys. She has a medical degree. People pay her money to take care of them medically. So that's not just me saying that. But I agree with you 100%. I mean, so that's just a, like another random example. But like, where we put so many things on other people that God never said. Yes. I mean, our jobs as new moms are to feed our baby. Like, it doesn't matter what you... Well, I mean, it matters what you feed them, but, you know, like, (laughs) don't feed them the alcohol, my friend. I'm trying to get her to quit drinking, apparently. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. How we do that. And then I think, um, back looking at that verse, everything is permissible for me, but I will be mastered by anything. Anything that is mastering me that I am idolizing that I'm putting before God even though it might be something that's permissible I have made it an idol and that's always wrong Ooh, and you know where I see this show up a lot Ugh, and I don't mean to step on anyone's toes in what we eat in eating healthy and again um, I don't mean to step on toes but I see some people being very adamant about how like what healthy eating is and I'm not saying don't eat healthy you should but your diet and lifestyle may be right for you but not right for me honestly Mm -hmm. Chris and I can eat the same meal it has zero effect on me and it makes him feel miserable Mm -hmm. because my body responds differently and I do and I think I have seen sometimes where healthy lifestyles begin to master the person and that's not always healthy. I'm not saying that's true for everyone. Right, yeah. But I have seen it in that area specifically uh, where it becomes our master. And anything that is not God should not become our master. Right. Only so, God. If you're making time to go to CrossFit every day, but you ain't spending time with God, guess what? CrossFit's your idol. Yeah. I mean, believe me, I have idols. God told me sleep was an idol. So I'm just going to tell you that we all have idols. It's anything that masters you. And what I think he meant by that is like, I really have the desire to get up in the morning and do reading in the morning and spend time with him before I start my day. It is most beneficial for me. That is a personal conviction. That does not mean that I think Stacy has to get up in the morning and have her time with God in the morning. That's a personal conviction for me but I also hate getting up in the morning so when I don't over and over and over and I neglect this area of my life that I know is good for me for so many reasons because I want to sleep for 10 extra minutes that I mean that's that's 10 more minutes of sleep is not going to make or break my day yeah I mean, it I feels like it in the moment, but... <laughs> I was going to say, it's 6 a.m., that extra 10 minutes feels like it is gold, doesn't right? it? I know, I know. I think that's such a good point, too. I think all of those are areas that we've hit on. And again, 
it something may be sin in my life and not sin in your life. I think that's kind of what we're alluding to as well. It's how we hold it. And so me sleeping in an extra 10 minutes may not be disobeying God. Anything that I am doing in my life that is disobedient to God, that's sin in my life. And so for me, it may just be that the Lord's like, yeah, you, you need a little extra sleep this morning, sleep in. Um, whereas for you, if the Lord has said to you, hey, Suzanne, I want to spend this time with you. I want you to get up. I'm, I'm showing you this. And you just say, no, I don't care. And the Lord, that's happened to me where the oh, Lord has still said, happens to me. he said to me, Hey, Stacy, this is not okay for you. And I'm like, yeah, but Suzanne gets to do it. So I want to do it too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, I did it this morning. I went back to bed. So, I mean, I, I'm not sitting here saying these things from a place of, um, perfection or a place of I'm holier than thou I'm so righteous I'm so holy no I literally disobeyed God this morning because I didn't do what he's asked me to do um and he's a gracious and forgiving God so I don't have to live in guilt and condemnation all day because of that just try again tomorrow that's right or when I get home or whatever yeah um but I love when you talked about the food specifically Mm -hmm. because it made me think of this in Romans 14 Um, and I just want to read you uh, the first two because it went back to food but it says accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters which I'm going to come back to that one man's faith allows him to eat anything but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables so I kind of wish that we could a little bit pull out that idea of weak faith and that's why they're doing it um but I know we talked a little bit about that. And what were you saying about the, the word weak there? Yeah, I, I think for me, when I think about that, we think weak as in um, not capable, like in a bad way, in mm-hmm. a negative way, like you're so weak. But it really just means um, weak as in more um, tender, I think. And I, it's not the actual Greek definition there. But for instance, I have some personal convictions about what I can and can't watch on TV. Chris can watch things on TV that I cannot watch. And it's because I am weak in that area. Mm -hmm. And my heart is more tender. And those things that we're watching on TV have a greater impact on me. And I can't overcome them. When I go to bed at night, those images play in my head over and over. It doesn't mean I'm weak as in less than weak. It's weak as in I'm just more tender and receptive to the visual images of those TV shows. And therefore, God's given me a personal conviction not to watch them. Yeah, and I think um, when this was when this letter was written to the Romans, there were Christians in Rome that had a lot of different opinions on different practices, right? They all kind of like, you. we, we had the um, more Jewish Christians and then the um, Gentiles that were coming in. And so everybody kind of had a little bit of a different... Um, how their past was or what they believed or kind of what we would say today, like I grew up believing this. And so I think that's what he's saying. And I love that he says, um, without passing judgment on disputable matters. Mm. So that's, again, back to something that it's okay to have different opinions about this. It's okay to have some different opinions about what's good in this situation or what's good in this situation as long as we're unified in the gospel and unified in christ and the cross and all of those things then some of these we need to be able to say hey this is good for you and this is good for me and it'd be different right and and the lord may be asking you 
to limit your freedom for one reason or the other. And again, it goes back to it's a between the personal conviction is something between you and the Lord. It's not something that the you are to lord over other people. And I think that's a mm. big point. I think that's kind of what we're trying to get at that the Lord has said to me in the last two weeks, no, I'm asking you to limit your freedom in this area, Stacy. Oh no, you're free to do that. You're absolutely free to go do that thing. But I'm asking you, Stacy, to limit your freedom because people are watching and your response may affect them. And so I think that kind of goes to what you're saying as well. Yeah. So we would see this about food, I think a lot in scripture because of, you know, the laws in the old Testament that had to do with food. And so when he says one man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak, eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does for God has accepted him. So God accepts both. Yes. And I think that's what we're kind of the crux of what we're trying to get at about personal convictions and what you have, what I have, that God accepts us both and meets us right, right where we are. Right. And, and the Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit will convict us where we need to be convicted and he will guide us. Mm. Those are two really good points that we will receive the conviction and the guidance Mm -hmm. to move forward. I think that's so true. And I think at the time when this letter was written, the letter in Romans was written, there was a lot of debate because Mm -hmm. you've got two radically different cultures that are unifying under the risen Christ. Mm. And they're trying to meld together these two radically different cultures because Roman citizens, the Greeks at the time, all of that radically different than traditional Jewish Christians. So the the Jewish people had been raised their entire life with the Old Testament laws being um, spoken over them, adhering to those laws, doing those rituals and those rites. And then when Jesus came, he said, I didn't come to abolish that. I came to fulfill that, like you were saying earlier, but to get them to understand that, that there is a fulfillment and that it isn't about what you eat or what you drink. It's in, isn't it in James that he says it's not about what goes in the body that defiles the body, but it's mm. what comes out of the heart that Ooh, defiles the body? Because, yeah. I mean, it actually gets kind of gross because he talks about what comes in the body then gets expelled from the body. But well, what that comes, is true. It is true. It's still, <laughs> yeah. You know no. me, I don't do potty talk at all, Susan. <laughs> I know, you're so uncomfortable with it, which is so weird that you have a son because that's all they talk about. I know, but I don't let him talk about that because my personal conviction is that word's not allowed in my house. I was going to say, personal conviction. Yes. At Stacy's house, they cannot say the F word. And we don't mean the bad F word. The F word, that is another word for when you toot. <laughs> and it rhymes with dart. <laughs> Um, and at my house, we say it a lot. Yes. So that's a personal conviction. But in the Bible, it literally does not say, thou shall not say the word, what we just described, because I can't say it around Stacey. <laughs> um, but it's another great example. Maybe my, see, maybe my personal conviction has been placed upon you. There's freedom. <laughs> say it, Suzanne. I want to hear you say no, it. No, I'm not my... going to say it, because I respect your personal conviction about that. Oh, thanks, Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew we were going to not run out of examples? I have a title for this episode, but I can't do it. (laughs) You'll have to do the little asterisk. Yes. Yeah. The squigglies. Anyway. But anyway, so I just think it's a really good reminder for us sometimes because I think that our goal is to be unified in Christ, but we tend to 
be a people who want to be right and prideful and better than everybody else. And it lends us to a lot of division um, based on what are just personal convictions. Yeah, that is so true. And I so appreciate you kind of exposing some of that and going through some of the scriptures and kind of helping us understand what the difference is. And so that leads us into our savor moment Mm -hmm. for this episode. And um, we want to talk to you about some of your personal convictions, because when it comes to food, some of you have some personal convictions. I have a very strong personal conviction that I actually do try to put on other people. And it's what's the best mayonnaise? There's only one. Oh, we probably agree on that because we're both from the South. The South. What is it? Dukes. She was a little scared, you guys. She I know. Was afraid I was like, to say what if it's it? not Dukes? What it's, if hers is not Dukes? It's obviously Dukes. Yeah. There is no other mayonnaise on the planet. Don't come at me with your Hellman's. Uh-uh. Don't come at me with you. And Miracle Whip? Don't That's even not get even me started. mayonnaise. It's not. It's, it's salad not. dressing, it's, which is also not salad it's dressing. It's not anything. It's disgusting. That's yes. all it is. Thank you. And yes. that is not a personal conviction. That's that is true. Biblical. <laughs> that's, that's biblical. Okay, maybe not exactly, but if Miracle Whip had existed during Bible times, they would have said there's a prohibition against it, yeah, I'm pretty for sure. sure. Uh, so, our savor moment what we want you to do is think about what is your favorite coffee. Maybe you are very adamant that Dunkin' Donuts has superior coffee to Starbucks. I don't know if that's your personal conviction, or maybe you have. You know, it is always Coke over Pepsi, no matter what. I mean, my husband holds that conviction. If I feel we go, like a lot of people, that's a hill people are going to die on, Coke versus Pepsi. Oh, my husband dies on it every restaurant we go to, and he orders a Coke, and they say, is Pepsi okay, sir? Absolutely not. Pepsi is not okay. Do not bring me that. That is not even soda. No, I'll have water. Thank I read you. one time that what you say is, they say, is Pepsi okay? You say, is Monopoly money okay? <laughs> oh, I love that. I can't tell Chris because he'll start saying I'm that to them. Totally tell him. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, so for your savor moment, we want you to think about what your favorite, whether it's your coffee, your drink, maybe your favorite candy bar, maybe your uh, Snickers, or maybe you're a Milky Way person. Um, and think about what yours is and then ask a friend what is their favorite and if theirs is different than yours I want to invite you to buy one of them for them and one for you and try it and try to accept that you know maybe it's okay to have differences in certain things yes for sure so that's your savor moment we are so glad that you joined us on this uh quite interesting episode about personal convictions We hope that you guys have a great rest of your evening, day, morning, wherever you are. We are so glad that you tuned in to listen. Thank you for being with us today here at Savor. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR Women's Ministry or Crosstown Church, please visit CrosstownChurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.